tonight. Izzy Cartwright creates a Twitter account, then invites questions from the masses about the demo. Someone put this man on suicide watch. <laughs> hey, ArenaNet Gamescom speaker guy. Why do you have to speak such vulgar language? I know cussing when I hear it. Either that, or you were speaking German. <laughs> Will relics get bought out by Curse? Never! Unless Curse actually decides that they want to. <laughs> Blizzard passes out ads at the Guild Wars 2 demo. That's alright, Blizzard. Guild Wars 2 makes my butt pucker too. <laughs> this is the Relics of Ore! Hey, Relics of War listeners, uh, you're listening to the Relics of War. Okay. Uh, this is a podcast about Guild Wars, Guild Wars 2, and the Guild Wars community. My name is Ryan. Some of you might know me as Cole. With me here today is Tiger Feet from the Secret Agent Cat blog at secretagentcat.com. How you doing, Tiger? Great. And the cake is a lie. Yes, Miss Portal over here. <laughs> and also, we have Tasha with the Guild Wars Guru Auctions and Split Infinity Radio at siradio.fm. What's up? Not much. How you doing? Pretty good. I feel kind of weird saying what's up to an English person. Doesn't seem right. That's all right. That's fine. That's <laughs> good. I'm glad that Tiger's finally experienced Portal. Oh, yeah. I don't know what took me so long. It was great. It's a fantastic game. It's I love it to bits. It's great. I'm going through again now with the, with the uh, commentary on. Oh. I really like being able to listen to what the developers had in mind when they were making it. Yeah, I need oh, to see, try I haven't that. done that. Hmm. Time for another portal run through. But Lacey yes. can't watch me. She gets dizzy. She gets dizzy playing that. So instead, um, on Steam, we're, we've been playing uh, Alien Swarm a lot because it's got that top three-quarter view. Right, yeah. That game's pretty awesome. And it's free. And um, while we're at it, I'm just going to announce to everybody that the Relics of War has started a group on Steam. So if you're not actually in Guild Wars all the time or whatever, I mean, a lot of us are in this guild just to uh, have a spot in the community for Guild Wars 2 when it comes out. So hey, just join the Steam community if you can. What sucks though is you have to have a game that you purchased in order to add friends and stuff. But there's lots of really cool, cheap games on Steam. So oh, it's yeah. not like it's that much of a hardship. Lots of really old classic games, too. When I get paid, yes. I'm planning on picking up the Myst series. Yeah, Lacey bought uh, the first Half-Life, which I never played. Done all the Half-Life so, 2s. But... So really, you bought it for you? No, no, she bought it. But she was just trying to get her account active, and she was like, yeah. oh, I can't find anything, so I'm going to get something you would play. <laughs> that makes sense. And I was like, that's cool. I'm good with that. <laughs> but uh, anything happen for you guys this week? Um, uh, gotta I... do... I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> <laughs> I got a new hard drive for our ancient computer uh-huh. and a video card for our newish computer, and then we found out that the South Bridge was completely blown out. So it's a hard, so it's a video card in waiting for my new system that I'm building. So you guys still don't have two computers yet? No. It sucks. But we're a lot closer than we were. <laughs> What's happened with you, Tasha? Um, lots of stuff. Been insanely busy at work in a few weeks. I have a trade show that I have to go to, so manic work hours. Um, but I also managed to find some time to really get in a lot of Guild Wars time this week. It has been quite insane. Since we came back from Gamescom, my guild has just exploded with activity. Um, so we've done like high by missions and vanquishes and various other bits and bobs this week. It's been actually really, really good. Hmm. Oh, I have to say that Steam Group's actually been really good for us with that exact thing because most of us have played Guild Wars to death and we all just kind of went our separate ways but we still use Steam Chat to kind of talk to each other and we have like 15 people sitting in there right now pretty much all, all day, every day just like not even playing games together, just being there. It's like Guild Chat without Guild Wars. It's fantastic. Yeah. 
Yeah, that is nice. We we actually have a lot of people in there already. I think somewhere around twenty. And yeah. I kicked it off two days ago, so that's pretty wow. cool. The other problem is the is the um you know with Guild Wars you have to join the guild and your entire account has to go. Whereas Steam you can be in as many groups as you want to. So you'll probably find that the Steam group is a lot more active than the guild in Guild Wars because people don't have to leave behind their friends or what have you to come help hang out with people. Yeah, yeah. So if you're on Steam, um, you're giving nothing up. Just look up Relics of Ore and join our community. Yep. So okay, um, my week was boring as crap, so I'm not going to talk about it. So uh, instead, talk about the uh, sequel, sequel Scuttlebutt. Captain, what be that over there? Or, let be sequel Scuttlebutt. Oh my god, Necromancer. Yes, yes. So that is like Lacey's token class. She even threatened not to play Guild Wars 2 unless there was a Necromancer. And now I'm saying, you know what, I might be a Necromancer too. Hope you're ready for that. It's it's another one of those classes. I think it's really cool, but again, I think it's not quite for me. I have they haven't yet released that class for me that just sings and says, "Here, this is what you are meant to play." I agree with that absolutely. Yeah, I'm a little on the rocks about the necro. It could be actually for I've never been the dark death type class person. This maybe I'll have to try it out. What I saw was really sweet though. Um, they released it does- um, was it four or five new videos for the actual necromancer profession rundown. Five. They did, did five skills. I was. think it was four videos and five skills. Because I think they did the minion. They, I think they did the two minion ones. Because you know when you, you summon a minion, your skill changes to something that actually uses a minion. I think they showed one of them and then the one that makes them all explode. Mm-hmm. Which was kind of cute in a sadistic way. Oh, that was my favorite video. How they just grabbed their heads and started screaming before they exploded. <laughs> I'm so sadistic. <laughs> Minion migraine. <laughs> As the animations did look really, really good. I'm a little bit upset it didn't actually show you Death Stroud, though, because that, I think, is the coolest bit of the Necro. Yeah, if you look through the Gamescom demo videos, you'll eventually stumble across. In fact, Hunter, Hunter's Insight.wordpress.com, he's got a video out of it. <laughs> the last um, live demo they did at Gamescom was entirely necro orientated, and they had the guy playing around the world, and he does Death Shroud a few times, and that you see how freaking cool it is. I really like the zoom effect when you come back to where your original point of departure. Yes. You, it travels your camera along that line. Yeah, well, they did a lot of cool stuff like that. Even when you go to look at your map, it's like a real quick Google Google Earth thing where it zooms out really high, and then it shows, you know the mm-hmm. land markers and all the other stuff but then once you're done with your map you probably hit m for it or whatever it zooms back in on you like it happens so fast though mm. it's quite nice as well as you can see yourself running along on the map yeah. while she zooms out well you can see that too in guild wars right now but it doesn't have the awesome zoom effect no it's true i also quite like the uh the views of the map in guild wars too because they seem a bit more um rustic and actually mapish whereas in guild wars classic they don't yeah, like, I, I'm not explaining myself very well, but people will understand. It's a different art style. Instead of taking like a top-down render and turning that into the map, they've actually drawn and painted it. Yes, it was very mm-hmm. Tolkien. That's the way I, I did it. But yeah, as far as the Necromancer, there were also a few other things, like fear is a condition. Mm-hmm. And they were putting down like this well or something on the ground, and anything that Marks. ran into it was like, ah, I'm scared, just like that. No, I think There's that been... was a mark they put down, and then he feared them into it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I, I guess I didn't understand what was going on there well enough. Okay, so he threw fear on the guy and ran him into the mark. Yes. Huh. That's, what it, that again. that's what I thought, anyway. I'm looking at Tasha to be the 
the final authority on this because she's actually been to Gamescom and seen everything. And I don't know about that one. I I was playing the Ranger and I was kind of focusing on that. I wasn't necessarily looking at the Necro and all the rest of it. I was kind of going, that looks cool about everything else. So it's really hard when you're looking over someone's shoulder to be able to analyze things really easily, especially mm-hmm. when it's loud and you've got people talking around you. It's it's just so distracting as well. So we can blame this on the Ranger again. Yes, you can. <laughs> you can. That's another thing. I mean, are the minions going to suffer from the same problem I found that my pet did? Being taking ages to realize it should be going and attacking stuff. Yeah, I have a feeling that we're going to get some answers on that. Although I haven't really heard much about that otherwise, like from beyond. I'm wondering no. if we had like a really, really bad demo or something, like something. No, see, I posted that on um, Guild Wars 2 um, Guru, and someone else said that they had the exact same experience, that the pet did take a while to actually react when it was on guard. So I don't think it was just me imagining it. <laughs> so is it possible were... that there were just that few people playing the ranger? Possibly. I think a lot of people got excited when they saw that the Necromancer was in there because people weren't expecting it. Bear in mind that if you were going to Gamescom, you were probably traveling on the Wednesday when the press were getting the previews. So many people turned up to Gamescom and they had no idea that there was a Necro there. Yeah. So the um the Ranger pet controls, I know they were talking about how they're a lot more in-depth, how you can bring them to heal, you can tell them to stay. Is there an actual attack command that will send him to attack your target? Or is the attack command the way it is in Guild Wars Classic right now, where you can set your heroes and henchmen to aggressive, where they'll just go everywhere and attack everything? There's both. There's both. You can have the various different modes. So you have your attack, your guard, and your heal. Um, and there's also two other buttons on F1 and F2 to attack and to come back to me, basically. Um, and then you have an all, a whole load of pet management stuff where you can go in and choose your skills for your pet and the name and all those kinds of things. But to me, it just took a lot of micromanaging. I, To be honest, I don't really want the pet. <laughs> so, um, to me, the thought of micromanaging him to like go and attack something and come back is a hell of a lot of work, which is why it probably isn't a good idea that I play Ranger in the, the end thing. But I mean, to me, putting it on guard just seemed like it was made the pet pretty much useless because by the time it actually got there, it was most of the thing that I was killing was pretty much dead. Um, and if I had it on attack, it would just completely run off in all directions and I'd lose it. Yeah, that reminds me of when I played Ranger for a little bit in WoW. Um, everybody was making a macro that you would you would hit this one button, it would send your pet to attack, and it would also apply, I think it was Hunter's Mark. And without that macro, that's exactly what you'd have to do. You'd have to micromanage like that. So I think I think maybe it would be a good idea for ArenaNet to look into doing something a little bit more more intuitive with that. It wouldn't be so bad if on attack the pet followed what you were attacking. I think that AI change would actually make a lot of difference. It was just the fact that my pet would seem to have its own aggro ability and determine whichever one it was going to attack next, not necessarily what I was attacking next. Mm-hmm. Well, some people like to be like real micro about things. Maybe that's what ArenaNet's going for here is to take the Beastmaster and take him from being kind of the face roller, which it is in WoW and stuff. Because, I mean, that's what the ranger is going to be, is the Beastmaster. There's no other, mm. you know, they are the pet guys. So, I mean, maybe they're making that more complicated, you know, something you really have to learn to do. That way, when someone's a Beastmaster, it's like, that guy's good. Look, look how much damage he's dealing out. And I know he's clicking all over his screen. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, the, the, the pets are the ranger's unique mechanics. Just like Elementalists are going to have to learn when to switch achievements 
the, the people who play Ranger are going to have to learn how to control their pet same way necromancers are going to have to determine when they use Death Shroud and you know what's best to use that for um but it's just not really my cup of tea, I think. Yeah. Well, if, if there's um, if they really want to give people the opportunity to shine, they should give the necromancers the chance to control every minion in the same way as that one single pet for a ranger. That would you be see some insanely guy... micromanaged. So. <laughs> that would I'm be just insane. <laughs> just joking. I mean, I still have some kind of like formation. I could probably do my Darth Vader routine. <laughs> I wanted to mention too how Death Death Shroud to me seems like a double-edged sword. On the one hand, it seems like it could be massively overpowered if you've got a necromancer that has his life force bar full and you, you bring his life to zero so he's in the down condition. Necromancers don't have downed. They go straight into the, to Death Shroud. And if he's got a full life, bo- life force bar, he's going to be ridiculously difficult to kill again. So you basically have to kill him twice. But on the other hand, if you run across a necromancer that's got a life force bar that's empty or near empty you down him and he's goes almost straight to defeated right away so mm-hmm. i remember hearing a lot of people complaining about how they're going to be so overpowered but it's a double-edged sword it can work for you or against you it depends on just how you manage it yeah i really like it when a game puts in um multiple faceted skills like that yeah something that can work a hundred different ways mm-hmm well, the other point aside of this coin is that people are already deciding that X-Class is overpowered when the game isn't released, it isn't balanced, and most people haven't played it yet. I think it's a little bit unfair to say XYZ is overpowered when we haven't even learned all the rules. I can tell Absolutely. you Zed, Zed is not overpowered. He kind of sucks. I never had him. <laughs> <laughs> that was a terrible joke. But yeah, I just think it's a little bit unfair. I mean, we don't know what the other four professions are yet. We don't know if there is going to be a different mechanic when, or a different you know, tweak to Death Shroud when the Necromancer is down as opposed to when he's alive. But I think there's too many variables to really say, this is overpowered, we need to nerf this. It's like, well, what, what exactly do you want to nerf? Which, which numbers? Uh, we don't know which numbers. There you go then. There's also the fact that, um, I read in an inter- interview just the other day, I think it was recently posted, that they're continuing the skill breakage between PvE and PvP. Skills mm-hmm. will work differently depending on what you're doing, which personally, I think that was a fantastic choice. I think it did a, did a lot for making everything easier to balance. Just keeping those skills separate, that way you don't have to try and appease both sides and meet halfway in the middle and make everybody unhappy. You can tweak things for one or the other however you need. But we don't want people to have to read two tool tips. <laughs> My name's Gregory Street. Oh Sorry. wow! <laughs> <laughs> no, that was that was their uh, reasoning for World of Warcraft because it was brought really? up, and Guild Wars was even mentioned as the game that does this, and it works. You know, PvP's pretty damn balanced in Guild Wars, and uh, Blizzard's response was, "We don't want people to have to read two tool tips. It might make them overload." Oh, so all these professions and number crunching and all that, that doesn't... Whatever. Anyway, this is this is about Guild Wars. <laughs> we don't want those people in our game anyway. Yes. Well, to me, it just kind of adds an extra depth to PvP. You have to learn a separate load of you know, mechanics. It kind of makes it a bit more unique and a bit more talented to be actually successful at it. It's like the fear mechanic. People, People's knee-jerk reaction to fear was, it's going to break the game. Well, when you think about it, it's actually a lot like a knockdown. And it's actually a lot more ta- tactical in PvP because you can position where that player you cast fear on goes. You can force them into your backline and actually make them 
you know, get themselves into a bad position. Conversely, if someone's giving you hassle, you can get them out of your way. You, they can, you can take the pressure off someone else in your team. So the fear mechanics actually can be really interesting, I think, when it comes to PvP as to how it actually turns out. And in that way, I actually hope that they don't overly change the way that fear works in PvP and PvE. It's, it's also a condition that can be removed. A lot of people are missing that. And that's yes. huge. In World of Warcraft, you got feared. You could be chain feared and there wasn't anything you could do. Your character would be running around and you're just staring at your screen watching yourself die. This time, I know the warriors got, oh, shake it off, isn't it? Mm, yes. I believe that skill. And they said they can use it while they're stunned. I don't know if you can use it while you're feared, but it is a condition remover. So if your elementalist healer gets feared and you're a warrior, you can just scream shake it off and they're right they're right as rain, they're good to go. Well, as you mentioned in World of Warcraft they have a fear mechanic and you know, Tasha was talking about how you could get somebody off your ass or whatever and it could it could be a real positioning boon. And that's the truth. It's not it's not a game breaker in WoW. I mean for warlocks maybe it is, they see <clears throat> But um, on my priest, I was able to just, it was called Psychic Scream, and it hit about five people around me. Was it five or eight? Whatever. Five. Five people around you, and they they would run away. So you could just charge right into a group of people and then fear them off. But it doesn't last that long, and it doesn't, I don't know. It's definitely not a game breaker. It wouldn't be in other games. I think that's part of the problem is that people have seen what the fear mechanic does in WoW and other games and automatically assumed it would be the same in Guild Wars, but actually it's a completely different kettle of fish and the only thing they share is the name. Yes. Mm -hmm. Although I would like to say that the Guild Wars name for fear is a lot cooler. I mean, Doom. It's called Doom. Yeah. I'm going to cast Doom on you. That's a whole (laughs) lot more than pissing in your pants. Oh, well... (laughs) What? Oh, I'm thinking of Dodos chanting Doom on you, Doom on you. Where am I getting that from? It's not an Ice Age. Maybe. I don't know. I don't have the first one. I've only got the second. I think you're probably right, though. I think it's it's one of the Ice Ages, I think. So, also for sequel Skoda, but um, did any of you guys see the latest MMO report with Casey Schreiner? Nope. Oh. Well, it's this, it's this G4 TV thing that I used to watch quite a bit. And there's a guy named Casey Schreiner on there. I like the guy. I think he's pretty cool. But a lot of people were complaining about how apparently he said, like, NCSoft was developing Guild Wars 2, which I guess you could kind of say, but not really. I want to net to get credit for this. Just saying. Yeah. And, that uh, drives me bonkers. I guess, he, I guess he got a few things wrong as far as Guild Wars 2 goes. But um, for a while there, like, long before all this hype started, he's mentioned it a few times anyway. And he was pretty spot on with the things he said, so... Uh, I'm kind of in defense of Casey Schreiner. Nobody needs to get too mad at him. He doesn't need his nose broken again. Well, the the flip side of the coin is that there's so much information coming out, it's impossible for any one person to keep up with it all. Yeah. Unless that is your life, then you'll miss stuff. But yeah, go check out the MMO report. Maybe if more Guild Wars 2, uh, you know, people go to watch that, they'll kind of get their act together and be like, yeah, we meant to say our internet. We just, you know, said (laughs) NCSoft. Um, and also, so people know, there are a lot of newer Gamescom demo videos out there, uh, and they're a lot cleaner, a lot more professional. So if you haven't looked in this past week, check it out again, because they're a lot better. And uh, Blizzard, Natasha was telling me this last week, apparently Blizzard was passing out flyers for Cataclysm at the Guild Wars 2 demo. What does that tell you? <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I should probably tell you the entire story for this one. Um, a few of my guildies were queuing up to get the art book on the Friday, and having seen how long the queues were, they were queuing for an hour before the uh, event actually started. 
And whilst there was a load of people sitting in the queue and they were all just kind of chilling out, you know, waiting for the book, etc., etc., um, a whole load of, of people from Blizzard just kind of came past and were sort of surreptitiously handing out flyers. I don't know whether they went off to other places as well, but they were definitely targeting the Guild Wars 2 booth, apparently. That's hilarious. Yeah, I love it. That makes me very happy. I wonder if Ghostcrawler was there. He was like, hey, we don't make you read two tooltips, okay, guys? <laughs> he sounds like Rick Moranis. Hey, guys, uh, Lord Gozer says uh, hey, we can't have pets in the apartment complex. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, um, speaking of that, uh, I wanted to talk about some of the impressions I got from people that aren't real hardcore Guild Wars fans. You know, people from, like I said, the WoW community or just the MMO community, people that don't even play MMOs. Um, I'm hearing a lot from these people now. They're talking about this as, I didn't expect people to get it so quick, but people are getting it. The fact that if you didn't like Guild Wars, doesn't matter. This is a completely different game. I'm very happy for that because so many people, I couldn't jump. I don't like the instancing. And they see these videos, and there's no no one has to be very explicit. <clears throat> it's very clear already. I like that. Mm. The, the only thing I think that people are a bit slow on is the whole dynamic story, you know, dynamic events and personal story. Even I'm getting that confused now. Um, <laughs> people seem to don't you know, not quite grasp what that means, even after you explain it to them like five or six times. Yeah, and just to clarify what that is, the personal story is something you do on your own. You can bring people in with you, but it's kind of an instance thing of your own that develops your character's, I don't know, RP side of things. Dynamic events are what's going on in the persistent world. They're things you go out and you do. And those are the things you don't really change as permanently in the personal story. It's permanent what you do, so... Yeah. Something else that came up this week is that you don't get enough XP from doing the personal story to ding level 80 on its own. Um, However, the personal story kind of guides you from area to area so that you kind of always end up in level appropriate areas around the world. And along the way, you will pass lots and lots of um, events. So even if you're just running past and you just kind of do a couple of them, you'll probably grab enough XP along the way so that by the time you reach the end, you will be level 80. Yep. And That's honestly, cool. who wouldn't want to go out and just do stuff? Exactly. I mean, I mean, even I don't know the the theme park ride of games is fun, but I think almost everybody enjoys being able to get out and do something different once in a while. The sky will be blue. I heard it's going to be produced by ArenaNet. I heard you can use a keyboard with this game. I heard this game will work on Windows Seven. I heard you'll need a monitor to play this I game. I heard that Norman are really tall. That's just speculation. For Speculator's Corner, we're going to talk about uh, will the Necro have support capacity? Do you see anything alluding to this? Yes. You do? Yes. Okay, please tell oh, me. Oh, yes. Um, even one of the one of the first videos to come out of Gamescom, it was the character that was being played was an elementalist, but there was a developer off screen talking about the Necromancer, and he was mentioning how the Necromancer just gathered life force from all the enemies around him and then executed some kind of skill that buffed all of his allies with life. So I see the Necromancer as a as a give-and-take class. They'll take life and give it to other people. They're like the bankers of health. Or kind of channelers, even. Channel, channel yeah, the life be. of the enemy. But um, they also have those wells, which looks pretty cool. Very supportive. Mm-hmm. It's also been mentioned that they're very um, condition-centric in the sense that they're able to take conditions off-party and also deal them out as well. So... It's still got the same kind of... I'm trying to think what the skills are. Draw conditions? No, no, no. There is one that the Necromancer can use to grab conditions off other people onto themselves, and they can also push out the conditions they have oh. to opposing enemies. 
Isn't the word flesh tainted flesh? No, tainted flesh. No, that's the one that if you hit someone, you get disease. That's right. Oh, that's gonna bug me right now. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to get the wiki up because that's bugging me now. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I wanted to ask a uh, speculatorium or speculatorium whatever speculating. Speculatorium. I don't know what. <laughs> speculatorium. Uh, what will the next profession reveal be? Do you think? I think Hunter will finally have his day, and it'll be the assassin. I don't know if it'll be called the assassin. It might be called something different, but I believe it will be an assassin-like class. Well, before the necro reveal, I had already agreed with him. So just to save face as best I can, I'm just going to agree now again. Because it'll probably be the case this time. With the way the silhouettes are working and all that, and you know the pattern of the reveals, it really looks like that crouching assassin-looking silhouette's going to get revealed. Yeah, I think it's the one kind of tucked away behind the necromancer and the elementalist. I also think it's a male Silvari. So if you want to put me down for that, we should start a pool. Oh, God. <laughs> Have one of those Punnett Square-looking bet things. We should do that. Right, the skill I was thinking of was Foul Feast. Foul Feast, okay. All conditions are tra- transferred from target other ally to yourself. And then you can use Infused Condition. to, Or Plague Sending, it might be that one. Yeah, Plague Sending. That pushes it onto someone else. I liked about that Necro video that they also used in Asura. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't seen very much of the other races. I kind of want to see some more of them. Yeah, humans bore me. I think they're Although, still being worked on. Yeah, oh, the uh, the female Azura still creep me out. <laughs> well, when the Azuras smile or show their teeth at all, they're a little bit creepy. It's like, it's what do you, small. what it's do you small. little bastards eat that requires such sharp teeth? <laughs> <laughs> that is a very, very good point. Maybe they used to eat rocks. I was just about so to say that, and then I was like, that's a dumb thing to say. So Tasha, you just said a dumb thing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank <laughs> you for that. I, so, I see them more as little less. Disgusting golems ripping into raw fish like that. Those little teeth. Oh, that's true. They could be like some girl. But they used to live underground. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Where'd they get the fish from? Underground lakes and rivers. Okay, good point. Master tricks of us. Stupid fat habits. Okay, I'm just showing <laughs> off my. Um, update on when we think Guild Wars 2 will be released. I'm still sticking to April 2011. And so am I. I'm saying late summer, 2011. Lame. I know. I got. I gotta go. I gotta be contrary. No, no, it's not the contrary. I just don't want it to come out that late. Well, no, but I, I gotta have my new computer first. <laughs> it can't come out before then. It can't even beta before then, or I'll freak out. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, that's a good. There was a lot of talk about um, how they were gonna do their beta, and they were very clear to say that all of the proper steps will be taken as far as as far as testing and betas go. But they're not going to be very committal to, yes, we are going to invite people, blah, blah, blah. So if you have a podcast about Guild Wars 2 and you think you're going to get invited to the beta, uh, don't expect that. To which I made a sad face. Hope, 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 hope. (laughs) I actually hope I don't get a beta invite. I I don't want one. I'm one of those guys who, like, Autodesk sends me beta test stuff, too, because my actual job is with CAD. And I will send in, like, every little thing that I find wrong, and I think I'm probably obnoxious to that end, but... What's more than that? I I don't like the idea of um, missing out on that release day excitement. Oh, yeah. If you played... I mean, I've played the Ion beta, and I kind of wore myself out by the time release day came around. I do not want to have that with Guild Wars 2. I want it... When it turns up, the shiny box, I want to be all excited and get into the mass crush of queues on the server because there isn't enough space and, and all that jazz. 
Eh, I like being the know-it-all. Everyone will show up. And they'll be like, wow, this game's awesome. Yeah, but you need to go do this. You're failing already. Get See, to- I don't like that. I don't understand why people <laughs> would wait for six months or a year or you know five years for a new game and then rush through it all in like an hour and a half or as, as quick as I possibly can. What else is there to look forward to? I just like doing the exploring bits, taking my time over it all. I'm terrible. I have like a, this yeah. thing that no one's allowed to talk about the storyline for six weeks after anything releases. Yeah, and off. we just go into hiding. Twitter will go off. The guilt, the forums will go off. Everything. I, just, I don't want to know. Now, I agree with you there. I just, I really like helping out. And I'm a, I'm a graphic artist too. And I'm still hoping to get into the game industry. I'm working in an auxiliary in industry right now, but I just love getting under the hood and figuring out how things work and just being the part, being a part of the creative process is what I really value and why I want to be in the beta badly. Yeah, yeah. I just want to be <laughs> in the I beta. Was... So, so when people uh, when people start joining and I tell them that I am a professional, which I've been saying a lot lately, it'll be true. I don't know, if I felt if I felt like what I would do in the beta would actually help shape the game, then I would probably want to go for it. So like you said, Tiger, have an input and all the rest of it. But by the time Guild Wars 2 rolls around the beta, it's going to be too late. You're not going to make any changes to the mechanics at all. Um, so at that point, I just, I'd rather just not know. I think I think you could have a pretty good. I don't know. It depends on how many people they have in the beta. You know, if they invite a crap load of people, well, then yeah, it's gonna be hard to get your voice heard. But if they're having a fairly small beta, then I imagine most of the input that they'll get will be put to pretty good use. And that's that's really the reason why I want to get in is I do want to be kind of a part of what happens with Guild Wars 2, and I also want to be part of you know World of Warcraft, sucking and dying. <laughs> Also, that is when they were at Gamescom, they did make a you know a big deal of the fact that they do bring in outsiders every week to test the games and all the rest of it. And it feels to me like their beta in inverted commas won't be a beta. It'll be previews. It'll be previews for for stress testing the servers, not betas looking necessarily for bugs. Yeah, I mm. think I think you're pretty right there. Um, I remember I've heard them say that. Most gamers today now consider a beta as a preview for the game, and if it's buggy, they'll think the the release game is going to be buggy. <laughs> Which is Which true is... in most cases. Yeah, but with the internet, I can see it being entirely different. But that's true. People get that wrong. This beta is all buggy. What the hell? Well, that's that's a beta. Well, to be honest, it's not always wrong. Look at Star Trek Online. I was playing that beta, and they were still deciding what they were going to do with some of the races a week before the game release. Oh, wow. Yeah. But no, ArenaNet has said that they want their beta to be to take place a lot closer to the release and to be a much more finished and polished product than it than it was even with the Guild Wars Classic beta. And I like the fact that they're calling it a preview in that case because that is a preview. Mm. You know, a beta is there for bug testing, damn it. Mm-hmm. And a preview isn't too bad. I wouldn't mind being part of a preview. It's just being part of a, a a beta in the traditional sense of the word. That's not what I'd you know I'd want to be involved in. See, I could handle not being part of a preview. Yeah, I would that, rather be part of a beta, I think. That's the fun. <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> Just two different perspectives. Yeah. Yeah, but it's two against one, so we win. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So we um for more speculation, we also got an email from Rob Alden who said he said a lot more than this, but I I'm sorry people, I trim emails a little bit. We have a lot to talk about. And I'm long winded. So he says, Hey there, I love the show. I know there are no official requirements known for Guild Wars two yet, but I was wondering what you speculate the actual requirements would be. So system specs. Um so we talked about RAM last week, which I need to apologize for totally screwing up the nomenclature and confusing people. Um yes, DDR two, DDR three, all that. Yes, that's anyway, all right. It's fine. As far as the full specs go, I imagine, like for gaming, 
Um, really, all you're going to need is a dual core, as far as I can tell. That's um, what I'm hang thinking. On, hang on, I'm going to jump in here. I'm going to quote again what I said last week, because um, this was a letter that came out of ArenaNet support that said that recommended would be four cores, four gigs of RAM, and a reasonable graphics card. Now, by reasonable, we're talking about sort of 100 to 200 pounds now. Yeah. That being the specs, the recommended Yeah, I mean, spec. it's not that hard to get a quad core, but I'm, I don't know, with, with the way games are right now, I mean, unless you're rendering, like, huge amounts of polys in 3D Studio Max or something, you mm. often don't use up all four cores anyway, so I think you can get by with a dual core. I mean, I'm, I'm talking to the people who have a dual core already. I mean, if... Yeah, and I'm saying that that's computer. recommended requirements, not minimum requirements. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. When I was shopping for my... um. My processor, it, it came down to a faster dual core or a slightly slower quad core. And I ended up going with the quad core just because I'm going to be using my machine for 3D rendering and animation. But if I was just building a gaming machine, I would I would have got, gone with the dual core just because it was faster and then put my money into a better video card, maybe getting mm-hmm. two. And would you have bought it from doghousesystems.com? Uh, no, because I'm building it myself. Oh, lame. I'm sorry. Trying to segue here, because... I I squashed your segue. (laughs) No, I've been talking with a guy named John Pryor, who, he's part of a company called Doghouse Systems, and um, it's all over, it's on a couple of other podcasting websites, you know, he advertises there. So when I checked it out, what I found out was awesome, was they have a podcast where the guys who are in charge of the whole shindig are talking computers, so you can actually hear their knowledge of computers, Plus, they have a tech That's corner. That's different. Yeah, I love it. And they have a tech corner, so people send in questions, and they answer them, and uh, no purchase necessary. I think that's pretty sweet. Well, I'll tell you what, though. You mentioned them to me a few weeks back, and I went and looked at the website, and all the time I was looking at that, I, I was thinking, I wish I had never bought my Alienware laptop, and I wish I had bought something from them. Yes, they, they're they even pretty machines, that new line. And they're so much less expensive. Yeah. I mean, now that I know what I'm doing, I look at what I bought with that laptop, and it's really not a not as good of a machine as I thought it was. And now it's dead. It, it doesn't work, so. This episode what of the Rocks War podcast brought to you by Alienware. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bitter and angry. Yeah. So I just thought I'd throw that in there. But seriously, I mean, I'm not getting paid for saying this. I just want people to know. Doghouse Systems, they're pro. Um, okay, Philip Broomhall asks, we're going to have more time to talk about computers later because another guy sent an email about it. But Philip Broomhall asks, in episode 10 of the Relics of War show, you all talked about the dynamics event system, as well as briefly talking about dungeons. Do you think ArenaNet will throw some dynamic events in the game, which will unlock and also prevent access to various dungeons? So, for example, Dungeon A is currently heavily guarded by a huge force of centaur. Is that how you say centaur? It's not centaurs? I don't know the plural for centaur. I don't know. I don't know either. I'll let either one fly. Me too. I won't throw a fit. They're horse people, and most hooved animals and stuff, <laughs> like moose is just moose, deer, and so yeah, I'll go with centaur. A dynamic event starts where players are tasked with taking out the centaur general in charge to weaken the morale of the remaining force. Upon defeating the general in charge, the remaining centaur forces retreat to dungeon B. This allows players to explore dungeon A. However, dungeon B will now be cut off and inaccessible to players until a new event, which will see the centaur pushed away again, thus unlocking access to dungeon B, but preventing access to dungeon A. I was so busy reading that fast, I don't know what it said. So, you two go ahead. Um, I'm not so sure about that. I think it's quite possible, and it's a really interesting, poss- it's a really interesting idea. I know that whenever we go into a dungeon, there will be different things happening. It's up for debate whether or not the dungeons will be randomly generated, a la Diablo 2, 
or there'll just be different events in the same setting. So, do you know anything I about that, seem, Tasha? I seem to remember there being something said about a house in Beetleton, the uh, mayor's house, where he's throwing a party and you have to do it, all goes horribly wrong. And his house is actually the entrance to a dungeon. I remember I that too. I seem to remember that being said, but I can't remember what they said you had to resolve the party event before you got access to the dungeon. In which case, if he then throws a party again, you know, a few months later, what have you, and it goes wrong, he probably should give up throwing parties. <laughs> <laughs> I, this... I guess the, the response to that is, don't know as yet, but would be cool. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll, I'll make sure and talk to my, my hookups, those people that I know. Which is my buddy Smithy. I mean, he's been looking into Guild Wars 2. And he stayed at a Holiday Inn. That's not a very good hookup. That was terrible. (laughs) As a new player to Guild Wars... Ah, Togo, I just want to get through this already! Shut up! Okay, so I've been here with uh, all the talk about Guild Wars 2 lately. Those people that do bring up Guild Wars, a lot of them are saying, like, um, they, they didn't like Guild Wars because... It was slated as an MMO when it doesn't act like an MMO. It's not persistent. And actually, from my understanding, Guild Wars was categorized as a co-op RPG, not an MMO. Is that correct? I always thought it was competitive online RPG. Well, there you go. That works too. I always called it an MMO just because I didn't know any better. It was my first foray into online gaming beyond anything text-based. And I think that's a, that's a good point right there. It's a case of I don't know of any other games that at the time were like Guild Wars. And I think a lot of people just kind of chucked it in the MMO genre because they didn't know where else to put it because it's definitely not an offline game. So and it was just stick it in this online thing. And then people were surprised when it didn't fit with everything else and kind of went, oh, this is shit. Yeah, so when it was pretty nasty competition for a while for a while there, they were like, well, since it's competition with an MMO, I guess it's an MMO. It wasn't. And that's the, what's key about that is knowing that since Guild Wars 2 is an MMO, there really is a huge shift at the very base of the game to what the sequel is going to be. So mm-hmm. all these people are like, am I going to be able to jump? It's an MMO now. Yes, you will be able to jump. That's like an elementary question, and you're dumb I, asking. Can I just ask, <laughs> what is the deal with the jumping? Because I've never really missed it in any game that I've played. I don't know why people I, love it so much. I don't get it. I think it just depends on the kind of player you are. I'm one of those people, TM, that <laughs> will just be bouncing all over the place any chance I get. Yeah, when I so, PvP in WoW, I am a bunny. I am all over the freaking place. And the reason for that is, and there's actually a reason, <laughs> is in WoW, a lot of times, if you want to keep the momentum of going forward while still hitting a button to cast something, if you jump... Your momentum is going. You don't have to hold W. Now I can go hit that button and then go back to what I was doing. But also for melee fighters, it's it's a pain in the butt to stay on top of someone who's jumping through you and around you and stuff. So as far as like hanging out in the cities or whatever, I don't know. Bouncing is fun. But I, I, I know that what I, I've thought in the past of putting a quarter in the jar for every time I jumped in a video game. That's a lot of money. Yeah, I would be it rich would off... It would be a lot of money. I'd be rich <laughs> off the money I would have had anyway. Um... Can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? Excellent. Let the people have their pro-tip sauce. In light of our recent interview with John, um, there was a lot of talk about getting more heroes in your party. And there's kind of a way to get more heroes in your party anyway. It does require another person, but it doesn't require that other person to stay in the party or donate all their time to you. I feel like I'm talking too much, so someone else can elaborate. Oh, you can have a friend who may be busy, log on, and hop in the party fast enough to give you the heroes you need, 
then they can log off or leave. Now you have six heroes. I'd like to qualify that with, I've done this before, and those extra heroes only last until you zone into a different area. Yeah. Yeah, so if it's a chained explorable area, the next one you go into... Wait, no. They, they don't follow you into the second explorable? Nope. Oh, son of a... Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I had <laughs> I had Hunter doing something with me, and he had to go somewhere I don't remember, but he, he left his heroes, and I was just running around with them, and I'm like, oh, I'll go do this, and I went to the next area, and they were gone, and I died in a fire, and it was horrible. That sucks. So if you're planning on vanquishing, you know, prophecies where they thought it was cool to chain all the explorable areas, then never mind. But it's great if you're doing something else and you only need one area. In other words, if you're you're not in prophecies. (laughs) Well, if you're going skill capping or something like that. That's that's how it works for skill capping um, elites, too. If you... Because you can have two elites on your bar Mm -hmm. until you zone into the next area. Oh, that's right. And then you just have an empty slot. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's pro tips. Um, we got some emails, but we took care of two of them in single scuttlebutt. The last one was uh, from, okay, how do you say this guy's name? I'm going to just say Jacob Udtanason. Is that a pretty good guess? I'd say so. I'm pulling a Sean. Yeah, I reckon so. So uh, uh, he says, someone else want to read this? I'm talking too much. <laughs> I'll read it. <laughs> the main computational drawback of a persistent world, as opposed to instanced areas, is determined mainly by one factor – As far as the server is concerned, number of agents, i.e. players. A persistent world may not necessarily have more than an instanced world. Even when when a map appears as one zone, you are still able to divide it seamlessly in terms of computation. To wit, there are subzones in a map, Villager X, Farmer Maggot's Field, etc. There is nothing that says that events in the con- in the context <laughs> in this context in this context event means something happening like a player using a skill so there's nothing that says that events from village x and farmer maggots field have to be handled by the same cpu so basically what he's saying is that even though it's a persistent even though it's a persistent yeah. world it's not actually a persistent world Everything is subdivided, and those subdivisions are further subdivided so that everything's broken up into smaller, smaller pieces so that really it's no bigger a drain than having multiple instances of the same area. What makes Jacob Pro is the full email he sent was almost like, I swear he'd get a job at Microsoft with what that email he sent me because just how much he knows. He's, he definitely knows his crap, and uh, I will be um, posting the entire emails, all three of them, on the show notes this week, so if you want to hear more, go ahead and check that out. But yeah, that's great to know. I'm, I'm really glad to read this. Although my impression was that Guild Wars was such a highly instanced game, I thought it was because of what a small company ArenaNet was, though maybe it made development easier. Is a guess. I think that was the main reason. I don't think it was necessarily financially better off. I think it was just a case of they needed to get a title out and they were testing a business model and all this other stuff and they just decided that that would be an easier option than having to um, buy in software to do what they've done in Guild Wars 2 because this, this, this whole kind of... Um, how much you can see around you and how much is actually kind of sent to you is all done by separate software and it was bought by ArenaNet three years ago, I think, something like that. Um, so, yes, you lose a lot of the computational power by not having to have instances, but yes, you gain a lot by having to deal with the fact that you have to send all the information to the client. What's actually interesting to know is how much the 
packets, uh, the packet data has actually changed between Guild Wars Classic and Guild Wars 2. Um, you know, how much information they are sending to you, how fast it is, the encoding and, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I might be getting Wireshark out when Guild Wars 2 releases. It's having a nose. Yeah, I have Quest DSL, and sometimes they can be a really, really crappy service, so I am hoping that Guild Wars 2 isn't, like, super internet-heavy, though I doubt it is. I've played the main thing, the one thing that's actually kind of annoying about Guild Wars traffic is that it seems to flag up the same warning signs as torrent information. I've seen that on a few forums where people have basically said that this looks like it. I might be entirely wrong, and I've just kind of picked up an urban myth there, but it seems to be that's why Guild Wars seems to be a lot slower than other MMOs, is that it does get traffic-shaped. Hmm. Yeah, I'd never heard about that. It, it might just be an urban legend, and I've picked it up and run with it, and I'm going to get a lot of hate mail now. But I think she's talking about some of that brouhaha we heard from Comcast back in the back a year or so ago about them throttling individual users' internet oh. connections because they were detecting uh, torrent torrent downloads. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you guys get it so much in the U.S., but certainly over here, if you get torrented information, it seems to be traffic-shaped, so it gets low re- priority. I read that in the U.K., you've got a lot more options for ISPs, mm-hmm. and depending on who you go, you'll have certain sites throttled and other sites not, whereas yes. in the U.S., in many areas, myself included, I, I have one, I have the option for one DSL carrier or dial-up. That's that's all I've got, and it's it's like right. that in a lot of different areas. So yeah, there was a battle, I believe it went all the way to the Supreme Court, about whether or not internet service providers in the United States can legally throttle individual users' bandwidth just because we don't have, oftentimes we don't have Options. another option. Well, that plays yeah. into the whole net neutrality yep. yeah. controversy, too. I mean, I'm quite. I'm because we do have so many different um, ISPs in the UK. I, mean, I think we must have at least like 400 or something ridiculous like that. There are a few sort of main players, and I stay clear of them with the barge pole, mostly because I don't like to. I don't trust what they do with my information and all the rest of it. So I'm on a really, really small company that probably has less than 500,000 users on it. And that means that my none of my stuff gets shaped at all, which is fantastic. Um, I have a really, really fast connection. Flip side of that coin, um, my fiancé, he lives all the way in Botswana. He um, gets his internet through wireless um, across the entire village. And he then has a fiber optic cable that goes up the side of Africa, up to the UK. His ping to Guild Wars, even though the data center is only in Germany, um, unless they've moved back to the US now, is so much slower than it is for, say, Age of Conan or for World of Warcraft or any other game. And it's the same if, if he used, when we used to play Ion, he also found exactly the same thing. So it might just be sort of an NCSoft data traffic thing. Maybe. I don't know. Mm. Hmm. That was a bit of a random segue there. Feel that free was, to no, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay, um, let's talk about the iTunes. Uh, we didn't get any comments this week, but um, we've been getting a lot of good comments, so please send us more of your comments. I've got a tracking program, and I know that there's a thousand of you sucker fishes, so give us your comments. <laughs> Which makes me scared. I'm a bit scared about the whole thousand people listening. Oh, jeez, radio DJ here is scared of a thousand listeners. <laughs> I only get nervous when people I don't know start coming up to me and saying, hey, are you Tiger Feet? I'm like, whoa, wait, you read me? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> You're real. You're not just random people 
Here's yes, a... that started happening to me. That's scary. It's Here... a bit like, oh, wait, 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 people are paying attention? <laughs> well, here's my recommendation, is imagine that all these people are listening to our show in their underwear. Wait, they probably <laughs> are. Never mind. <laughs> well, considering you said previously that most people listen to this at work, I seriously hope they're not in their underwear, otherwise they're probably going to get fired. Well, that depends. I mean, if you work from home. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a good point. <laughs> So, okay, and uh, Relics of War is also compiling a Guild Wars community list. So if you have an online resource about Guild Wars, uh, get in touch with us. Uh, I'll say the email here in just a second. But uh, our guild is also recruiting, so uh, hop on our forums and join the or use the application process. There's a, a section there in the guild forum. It's kind of a, it's hard to refer to a sub-forum within a forum, but there's a sub-forum for the guild within the guild's forum. Wow, who's on first? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you want to get hold of us and ask me what the hell I was just talking about, you can contact me at relics of war, relics of ORR at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to receive MP3s, or if you're not in the mood to do that, you can also just call us. And the phone number there is 708-202-9262. And um, if the phone rings, or... Oh, I just... You know, the other day I realized that the voicemail, the answering thing on there, was still from my old podcast, The Face Roll Show. So if you hear that, don't worry. It's still the Relics of War line. I'll try and change that soon. And if it rings, just wait for the voicemail. Um, we're also on Twitter and Facebook, so look us up there. And now we are on Steam as well. Okay, that's right. Now we can continue to cuss about Quest. This episode of the Relics of War podcast brought to you by Quest. Not. You forgot the Wheel of Morality. Oh, Wheel of Morality. Hey, Wheel of Morality. Turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn Tiger Feet. Pie is better because the cake is a lie. I'm Ryan. I'm Tiger. And I'm Tasha. And here to play us out, because we'll do it live! No, but here to play us out is my brother-in-law. His name is Tony, but I call him Adlib the Blacksmith. That's what we call him around the house and home. His children call him that as well. Time and time again, my friend, around the bend. Lies of the challenge for the damage to begin. The life of an innocent child. Let me kill Guild Wars. Don't kill Guild Wars. I'll stab it in the back. Do you guys watch um, the? Hey, relics of war. That was really funny. Sorry, (laughs) I'm too quiet. (laughs) That's what I meant to ask. In in the clips, I'm just gonna say this real quick. Arena net. I want a Guild Wars T-shirt. I will pay for it, but I want one. Oh, you're you're outnumbered here today. So yeah, I know. Better be careful. It's a little bit awkward because then if things go wrong, you could even send Lacey a message, and that'd be really effed. (laughs) I'm hoping that you're hearing what I'm saying here today I'm hoping that your soul is gonna fly again today I'm hoping that you're open to the light, the truth, the way I'm hoping that you're knowing that the lion ain't afraid I'm hoping that you're built upon the rock and not the waves I'm hoping that you're holding to the promise every day I'm hoping that you're growing when you're not, it's when I pray I'm hoping that you're hearing what I'm saying here today My rhyme is not your friend if you're not knowing how to pen If you're not bringing something new into the culture and defend The mind some miles of road that people travel to no end To give you something for your ears and loosen all your stress You say you're fresh but need a clean your style is all a mess If you're not paying on the toll then you need to go to bed Music is the medicine we use to soothe our head Organic from the root the tune I spoon is daily bread He lived and died to create he's the one who made the break The one who gave the to us and the only one to take Music is his gift not the illusion of a spliff All 
alone it is a beautiful mystery you miss when you're relying on the charts for your art and artists is it someone manufactured for the mass appealing fame is it rap about the game or the same or retained it's when the people realize they wear the master's name i'm hoping that you're hearing what i'm saying here today i'm hoping that your soul is gonna fly again today i'm hoping that you're open to the light that shoot the way i'm hoping that you're knowing that the lion ain't afraid i'm hoping that you're built upon the rock and not the waves i'm hoping that you're holding to the promise every day i'm hoping that you're growing when you're not it's when i pray i'm hoping that you're hearing what i'm saying here today